I'm going to read one verse of scripture uh, tonight. And Brother Andrew up there, I apologize for not getting any scripture, but we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to do 23 through 25, and then we're going to go to Acts 2. Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse number 23. If you got it, say amen. All right. Let us, that's you and me, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us, that's you and me, consider one another. Watch this. Look at this next phrase. To provoke, usually when you hear that word provoke, it's, it's, it's not good. Somebody's bugging you. Somebody's asking for a whipping. To provoke unto love and to good work. Now, that only happens at church. You're fixing to hear it. That doesn't happen sitting at home. And I don't know where half this church is tonight. But God bless you. Look at verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now, the apostle just, and that's not the entirety of the importance of coming to the house of God, but he gave his two very important bullet points why coming together is critical. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't see that we're in the end times, you're blind. And so I submit to you that we need more church, not less church. We need more get-togethers, not fewer get-togethers. We need more fellowship, not less fellowship. We need more evangelists, not fewer evangelists. We need more preaching, not less preaching. We need more worship, not less worship. As you see the day approaching, And I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight about having great church. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm holding in my formerly nicotine-stained fingers it's good to see Sister Liz Martin here tonight. I've got just a couple things that I want to read that are very current about the state or the condition of churches in America. In the Mormon church, there is a high degree of involvement from everybody in that congregation in their local congregations and they are required to attend at least once a week 
Okay, that's Mormons. Jehovah Witnesses have meetings twice a week. Only 40% of professed Catholics in America go to church once a week, even though the Catholic Church teaches that every Catholic should be in church once a week. Once again, only 40% of all professing Catholics go to church once a week. Listen to this one. A recent study showed that when both parents, everybody said mom and dad. A recent study showed that when both parents attended Sunday services, 77% of their children, when grown, attend church. Okay? When you have both a mom and a dad that are attending to church, 77% of those continue to attend church when they are grown up. Listen to this, single parents. When only the mother attends Sunday service, only 15% of the children attend when grown up. Now that's, Whoever did all these statistics, you know, their, their definition of the church may not be what ours is, but you understand what I'm saying. According to the church in its entirety in America, and I'm using that term extremely loosely, you already know that, only two in five practicing Christians pay their tithes. But yet I have Bible and you've heard us talk about it because it is absolutely a requirement of faithfulness to God that to those that don't pay their tithes, they're under a curse. Only two out of five practicing Christians give, pay their tithes. Only 40% of Americans say they are a member of any church. And in the year 2000, okay, just 22 years ago, it was 70%. So over this course of 22 years, it's gone down 30%. In 2019, 4,500 Protestant churches closed in America. I wonder if the pandemic had anything to do with that. I think so. 4,500 Protestant, and that's, when we talk about Protestant, we're talking about churches that are not Catholic, not ecumenical, not Mormons, not um, Jehovah Witnesses. We're talking about all the rest, Protestant churches. One in four churchgoers works at least one Sunday per month. I have maintained this for 28 years. If you will quit your job and prefer the house of God, God will get you a better job. Oh, you go ahead and shake your head. I'm telling you, I serve a God that honors people that put God first. How many of you know that's true? I'm just reading you the statistics of an evaporating culture and their concept of God, their concept of faith, their concept of what it really means to have church. It's evaporating. It's evaporating among their children, as we've just seen here. 37% of Americans, only 37% of Americans have confidence in their church. In 2020, out of the 15,000 congregations in America, seven out of 10 churches have fewer than 100 people.
I'm going to say that again. Just two years ago, out of the 15,000 congregations in America, 70% of all those churches have fewer than 100 people. Half of these churches have fewer than 65 people. This is where I'm going with all this. I really believe it's our day. I really believe it's our day. The apostolic church is not dwindling. The apostolic church is thriving. The church of the living God is not becoming more boring. The church of the living God is becoming more exciting. Oh, let's all clap our hands and give God the praise. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that God brought the likes of you and I to the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe that with all my heart. And you say, Pastor, well, look at all these numbers. Okay, look at them. Or as Elder Sergeant would say, just look at them. That is not a reflection on the apostolic church. That is not a reflection on a church that preaches and teaches Acts 2.38. Now, I didn't, I'm not up here just to throw stones at other denominations. I'm not trying, I, that's not my point. I'm not trying to make it sound like we're making fun of anybody. But the numbers don't lie. And there's people that do that for a living. But ladies and gentlemen, people are going to go somewhere. Hollywood is not the answer. They've been politicized. They're compromised. The government is no longer the answer. The swamp is bigger and deeper than it's ever been. Sports is not the answer. They just got woke. I'm going to tell you what the answer is. It's a one God, Jesus' name, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost on fire group of people that know their God and are ready to do exploits. You're in that kind of a place. You're in that kind of a church. You're in that kind of a church that believes it like it's written, lives it like it's written, and believes God for great things. Let's clap our hands and give God. Let's stand with these young men and give God some praise. God is still a healer. God is still a savior. God is still a deliverer. God is still a way maker. Oh, yes. God bless you. You may be seated. So I want to talk to us for a few moments about having great church. And it is no accident to have exceptional church. Um, this is going to be rather simplistic and short and to the point. And everybody that's happy about that said amen. Oh, I need to say this before I go any further. Um, I'm noticing that there's a lot of casual dress here. If you came from work, we salute you. I'm just glad you're here tonight. But this is a church service. And, and we strongly prefer if you would prepare yourself like it is a church service. And everybody said amen. Thank you. Okay, we are going to do life classes and because the live classes started at 7 instead of 7.30, we made the exception that if people came straight from work, just come as you are, as long, you know, 
if you want to put a dress shirt in the car or whatever, you know, to put on, that's good too. But we, we made a few alterations just so people could feel like they could make it. And uh, everybody said amen. If we're going to have church that's going to stand the pressure of the end time. And ladies and gentlemen, I think you know by now that you are amongst a group of people or you're in a church that is not looking to just survive. I read to you, I could have gone all night. I mean, I could have, I, there were more statistics than, than I wanted to say and more statistics than you wanted to hear. You got the point. But the church that's going to thrive in the end time with all of the spiritual pressure and all of what we've seen, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to recycle and we're going to see it some more, is going to have to have a made-up mind that this is what I'm doing with the remainder of my life. I have made up my mind as a pastor, and not, not even just as a pastor, but just as a child of God. I have made up my mind that I am absolutely sold out. I am here to be expended. I'm here to be extended. I'm here to be wrung out. God did not call me to just be halfway. Jesus said in a very important passage of Scripture, he gave uh, these guys riches. It's, it's not the same one as the ta- of the talents in Matthew 25, but it's very close to that. It's in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke. He gave them something very precious, and he said, when I come back, um, I'm going, taking a trip to a far country when I come back. And he said, occupy until I come. Well, the word occupy does not mean to just take up space. Occupy is the threshold of domination. And you cannot have domination unless you have occupation. And so when you occupy, you say, you know what? Um, and we did this, my wife and I did this 28 years ago. We had 700 square feet. And we said, you know what? Devil, you're out of here. This belongs to God. It's only 700 square feet, but this belongs to God. We are occupying. You're not going to bring filth in here. You're not going to bring fornication in here. Whatever's going on out there, we're going to preach and teach and pray and fast until they get convicted. And then God's going to get the victory one life at a time. But you got to occupy Somewhere you have to have a piece of ground where you say, this is worth defending. And that starts with your life. The extension of your life then becomes your home, your children, church, on the job. I've seen, I've seen people go on the job that have this supernatural mentality about occupying and occupying is not just, I'm filling a spot. And hi, how you doing? I punch my time card. That's not occupying. That's going with the flow. Occupying says, you know what? I'm going to put my spirit on you. You are not going to put your spirit on me. And so through the process of time, they, they pray the supervisor through. And they pray some coworkers through. And, and, then, and, then, and then they're bringing the owner to church. And, and if they get fired, God's got a better job. And at least they did the will of God where they were planted. And then, and then, and then and they, they take over that place, and they take over that. And we took over 700 square feet, and then we took over 3,000 square feet, and then we took over 11,000 square feet, and then we took over 25,000 feet, and now we're taking over 40,000 square feet, and together it's almost 70,000 square feet. And now they're giving us the road and saying, put your name on it. You cannot have domination until you have occupation. That's why the devil's fighting some of you so bad. He doesn't want you to occupy. He doesn't want you to figure out who you are, what you're supposed to be doing, and what kind of power is behind you. So having great church is not complicated. In fact, there is left for us an incredible biblical blueprint that has never been outdone. It has never been outdone. It never will be outdone. You have to understand that the Holy Ghost 
knew that the entirety of the word of God was all we needed to be ready for the rapture. That's all you need. You don't need an education. You don't need a six-figure job. You don't need, you know, I go right down my list. You've heard it before. You already understand. But what you do need to do is follow the precepts of the Word of God. I really believe tonight that Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 is a blueprint. Now, I know it's more than that because we view it historically. But it's a mistake to only look at it historically. It is a blueprint for having great church. Have you ever seen these bumper stickers that said, Kill, eat, go to work, and repeat, and something like that. I, I didn't mean to sound like such a carnivore, but you understand what I'm saying. The 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 repeat is what I'm is what I'm getting at. The repeat, Acts chapter two, is the blueprint for great church. Y'all with me tonight? The very first requirement that is required for great church starts in the prayer room. As long as I am alive and kicking, as long as Cornerstone will be in existence, whoever my successor is, I don't even know yet, but I can see on the horizon that my day is coming. I'll be 68 years old in two months. I cannot realistically pastor a church that is as thunderous and moving as this one at 80 years old. So, I mean, I'm just saying at some point I'm going to have to retire. But there will be very strict agreement between myself and my successor, that there is no variation from what has made this church what it is. And ladies and gentlemen, how many people want great church? How many people don't care? You just, you just want to say, I went to church tonight. <laughs> There's no apostolic in their right spiritual mind that says, I, you know, I might as well go. I'm dressed. Since you're here, and since it's available to us, I think it makes perfect sense for us to pursue having great church. See, you're going to get out of this exactly what you put into it, which if you come in here with a bunch of stuff in your mind and you're not really on the same page as God or the Word of God or the people of God, this, this is going to burn you out real quick because you, you, you need to make the necessary adjustments to get on the same page with the apostolic church. I just read to you a bunch of statistics about where... Christianity in America is going. And the reason why it's going there is they do not have the truth of the Word of God. I'm not here to throw stones. I'm not, I, listen, I want them all to come here. I think that this ought to be, this is a city on a hill. I think they belong here. Or rather, you don't have to come here, but let us baptize you in Jesus' name and get filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in another tongue, and start preaching the truth where you are. You don't have to come here, but you've got to have the truth. Number one, since we're here and we all want great church, the pattern tells me 
that it starts in the prayer room. Now, I was hoping that our prayer room would be done for this Sunday, but it won't. We'll have to continue to pray in that back hallway. I apologize. It's, it's tight quarters. and You can't close your eyes. You're going to bump into somebody. You got to watch where you're going because you might hit that sconce that's next to the wall. And that'll pull your wig off. Or mess your hair up. Or give you a black eye or somebody scream out in the prayer room. What happened? I walked into a sconce. Yeah. Pray with your eyes open. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But we have a prayer room behind this wall right here where I'm already feeling it in my spirit. There ain't going to be a devil within 100 miles of this place when we fire that prayer room up. It's going to be like across the street. It's going to be where people got the victory before they even get in the pew. That's what I'm talking about. Great church begins in the prayer room. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. The good news is you can do this. That's exactly what happened in the blueprint in Acts chapter number 1. That's where we find them in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. They were all gathered together in one mind and one accord. They were all praying together. They were obeying Jesus by praying together. And they were waiting for God to do what only God could do. Number two, next component of great church. But it only follows after prayer. And it can happen, this is what happened in Acts chapter 2. It happened while they were praying. I want to tell you, that it's almost becoming a novelty in a lot of different environments where some churches don't have prayer rooms. You know, they're real big on the coffee shop. And they're real big on the fellowship part, but they're, they're light on the prayer. Listen, I, I love a good cup of coffee as much as the next person. But I want to tell you what. Great church begins in the prayer room. You can stand, you can walk, you can sit down, you can kneel, you can get on your face, whatever it takes, whatever you want to do, but it begins in prayer. Next thing, God begins to move. You have a demonstration. Every man heard them praising God in his own language. Praise and worship. is a unified, collaborated. See, we just moved the unity from the prayer room to the praise service. I'm going to tell you why prayer is so important, not only because it's the first box provided for us in the book of Acts on how to have great church, but there's a lot of things that take place in prayer that have to be taken care of the farther we move down this continuum. When you're in the prayer room, you can get the stench of the world and the job off of your soul. If, if the devil's been, been lying to you all day, you can shut his mouth and silence him in the prayer room. What I'm trying to say is, when we all come into praise and worship together, the flesh has already been taken care of in the prayer room. Now we lift up holy hands unto God, and when the praises go up, the blessing comes down. Come on, this isn't in a foreign language. This is very, you got to have the want to. You got, you're here tonight. We come here every week. We might as well make up our mind. You know what? Let's have great church. Let's, I don't want to just sit there. I don't want to just have a book report. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want great church. I want a continuation of Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10. And the beauty of this, it's nice to see you tonight. 
Praise the Lord. Nice to see you tonight, too. No, no, I'm not into shaking hands, you know, COVID. Man, I'll sure bump, praise the Lord. I shake hands, too. I got sanitizer right there, so not a problem. Nothing personal, but I touch my face and scratch my ears and you don't want to shake somebody's hand that's been doing that. Where was I? See, if you're really apostolic, you gotta you gotta think. And 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 this is what the word of God is trying to get us to do. It's not hard. What's happening is a lot of churches are succumbing to the prevailing pressures of this culture. And they're the ones that are drawing the line and saying, this is what church is, instead of going back to the original and say, no, no, no. This is the original. I've heard of um, churches that are getting overly dignified that don't want anybody worshiping God out in the aisle. No, no speak in tongues. No speaking in tongues, no demonstrative worship, no lifting your voice. Just And everything is regulated for the visitor because they don't want to offend the visitor. So what they've done is, is they've tried to take an apostolic church and make it seeker-friendly. Let me tell you, worship and praise is not for the visitor. Worship and praise is for God. If the visitor gets offended, we love them. We're not doing it to offend you. Please don't leave. But you got to understand something. The king is in the house. Royalty is in the house. The glory is in the house. And the more we recognize that, we experience redemptive lift. Come on, somebody give him the praise right now. Somebody give him the glory. I want to tell you what, you've heard my story. I don't even like telling my story because some of you guys can quote it more than I can quote it. But my very first visit to an apostolic church, they were running. I, I'm almost convinced somebody was doing a handstand somewhere. I mean, it was a three-ring circus. I had never seen anything like it. I've been in mosh pits. I've seen guys dive off the stage uh, as, a, as a rocker, I've seen all that. I've seen drug-infested, alcohol-fueled, fornication-packed living. I've never seen where there is the liberty of the Holy Ghost. But see, the liberty begins in the prayer room so that when we come together out here, there's nothing hindering us. All that's taken care of. The, the worry about what the, the doctor's going to say, you took care of that in the prayer room. The stench of sin that you felt on the job, you took care of that in the prayer room. The lies that the devil's been telling you all week, you took care of that at the prayer room. And when we come in here together, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Let's do some of that right now. Come on, you're here tonight. Why have average church? This is not an average church. Never going to be an average church. I was glad when they said unto me. All right. God bless you. You may be seated. So Acts chapter 2. They moved from a prayer meeting to praise and worship and demonstration. That's where the visitors start asking questions. And there's always somebody in the crowd saying, man, what kind of Kool-Aid these guys been drinking? These are Kool-Aid people. You guys are supposed to act like, you couldn't act like this if you wanted to. You need to sit on a bar stool for two hours before you even get out on a dance floor. Don't try to tell me. 
when you get when you get truly liberated, the first thing that goes out the window is you you don't you don't really care what other people think. Why? Because you're doing it under the Lord. If other people are in the way, then they're God, not Him. And that's idolatry to put somebody else above God. But when you come into a genuine apostolic church where there is total liberty, because the Bible said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Where is that verse found? You Bible quizzers. All I know is it's in there. I'm just messing with you guys. Young armor bearers. We're starting a class in two weeks called Armor Bearers with over 40 young men in it. Because we are not going to waste the opportunity. See, I'm not just some kind of pastor to sit around and bellyache why we're not having revival. I'm going to get with it because I already know if I'll get with it, God will get with it. If I'll do something, God will do something. If I get in alignment, God will move. And the rest already happens. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Hallelujah. We're going to produce leaders for tomorrow. You say, ah, that's just old, what's his name up there? Well, thank you, Mr. Devil. You ain't seen nothing. Well, you should, you should know what I know. Just be glad God ain't telling us what he knows about you. We all need blood. We all need an altar. We all need forgiveness. We all... Come on, somebody. Help me out. This is a place of possibility. This is a place of going to the next level, Brother Kefley. Thank you for preaching that last week. The demonstration is when people start asking questions. What meaneth this? There's always some dude in the back going, these guys are full of new wine. There's always somebody that just, you know, was at the bar last night saying, man, looks like some of these people were in that bar I was in last night. No, these people weren't in that bar last night. What you're seeing is the liberty of God's people. And it is an absolute necessity to have great church. Now, what happened here Sunday It was deep. And a healthy church has the type of services where it's very demonstrative and they have it balanced out with the depth. And what we experienced here Sunday was deep. And a healthy church has them both. And if you weren't here, well, we love you. But you shouldn't be forsaking the assembling of ourselves. I'm really thinking about adding a church service to the week. Oh, man, you guys expect us to spend all our free time at the church? This Have you lost what this is all about? This is not just about going to a building and sitting there. The writer of Hebrews says, as you see the day approaching, we should be doing this more and more. Why? Because we are preparing. Somebody needs the doors open so they can pray through. Somebody needs the prayer room so they can get right. The church is the hope of the world, and if we get comfortable like the world is comfortable, is this all right tonight? So, the demonstration, which is a component of having great church, is where people start asking the questions. How come that guy's running? Well, because God delivered him. 
How come that person's got their hands raised in the air with tears streaming down their face? Because they just got a renewing of the love of God and they feel special all over again. I mean, it goes all over the room. You know what I'm saying. The third component of great church is preaching. How many of you love preaching? We have been so, 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 so blessed with the ministries that have come through this church. So let's take a step back and let's look at these components from a little different perspective. Okay, we get the prayer room, starts in Acts 1. It's where we find the apostles in Acts 2. Then there's an outpouring and a demonstration. People start asking questions. In verse number 14 of Acts chapter number 2, then the preaching starts. In an apostolic church, what you're doing is, if you could step back and see it in the supernatural, what you're doing is building the momentum. Every great church service has momentum. And that momentum, it's a God thing. It is a supernatural phenomenon. I haven't lost my brain cells from what I'm about to tell you. But there is a certain amount of spiritual education that is required for you and I to get on the same page here. So you have prayer, praise, demonstration, praise, and then preaching. The pew, which is where you're sitting, do those pews feel okay? You know, those, those were designed with lumbar support. I sat in a pew a couple weeks ago and I thought, man, I wouldn't want to get up either. Man, the guy behind the microphone making me get up, sit down, get up, sit down, get up. Man, make up your mind. Get up, sit down, get up, sit down. It's comfortable. But you play an incredible role in this if we, if we ended it right here, okay, we have, we've had prayer, it's been good. Praise. The glory of God came down. People got blessed. Probably somebody got healed. There's things, there is a myriad of spiritual things taking place in a dynamic, Holy Ghost-filled praise and worship service. Far beyond human perception. But when it comes to the preaching of the word of God, this is where you and I work together. But if it just went from prayer to praise to preaching, we could say, man, that was good. But we're not talking about good church. We're talking about great church. And there's been many a time that we've had that. We've had the prayer room. We had the praise service. It, and there was preaching. And the church was blessed. And we were all blessed. It was good church. But I am going to share with you the equation to go from good to great. See, a lot of people settle for good. But when they do that... You're selling yourself short from that which is great. See, which is why I'm, I'm saying this. I'm, I'm slowing down here because this is a very sharp congregation. You and I will work together 
to go from good to great. If you've been to the prayer room, if you've actively been praising God, and now you're prepared for the preaching, you and I can work together. And what happens is, is there is a a dynamic, what I will call an ebb and a flow that happens with preaching. The anointing starts here. But the receptivity of this audience is already primed because you've been praying and you've been praising. It is ripe for the word of God. And so what happens is when the word goes forth, you respond. And that comes back. The pulpit responds and it goes out to you. And it's like an amen. It's like clapping of hands. It's like preach it, pastor. It's like that's right. That's good preaching. And what we're doing is we're creating a zone. And anybody that's in here that does not have salvation or have the baptism of reality, they are caught in that ebb and flow with you and I working together. And now it's not just good church, but now 3,000 were baptized on the day of Pentecost. And it's just become great church because the preacher and the pew, we work together to accomplish the will of God. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and give God the praise. Come on, let's give him praise. Let's give him glory. I've seen this happen hundreds of times in this congregation. Ladies and gentlemen, to forsake the house of God It's an act of the human will. But it's, it's not just, okay, I ain't going. There might be some people like that. But what it is, it's ignorance of what this is really all about. This, this is a God thing. You're a God thing. By fulfilling the office of pastor, this is a God thing. This is a God thing, that's a God thing. This is where we are provoked to good works. This is where we are admonished. This is where we are convicted. This is where we are rebuked. This is where we are reproved with all long suffering and doctrine. To not be a part of this it, it can only be one thing because nobody in their right spiritual mind would make that choice. We're around an entire culture where churches by the thousands will close their doors this year. They said that pastors leaving the ministry is at an all-time high because of depression. Just depression is driving a lot of denominational and and whatnot pastors into retirement. We are a city set on a hill. I shouldn't even tell you this. If I tell you this, well, what I'm about to tell you, I will probably blow up and there will be a little puff of smoke here but it will be a small explosion and not near as interesting as the ones that Brother Darian Jordan does on Sunday in front of all of his victims. At some point, like this is not it. Look at your neighbor and say, this is not it. Look at somebody else and say, what does that mean? This is not the last building for Cornerstone. Hey, I've only got one life to live. Let's Let's just put the pedal to the metal and see what this baby will do. At some point, 
in the, <laughs> it's in the future, ladies and gentlemen. When we get this whole project done, probably by the end of the first quarter of next year, we'll be done with the entire campus. At some point, we are going to try to buy acreage on that side of the wall, and we're going to draft plans for a 2,500-seat auditorium. I'm not retiring with depression. I'm not burning out. God is in this church. This is our day. This is our hour. Come on, somebody, lift your voice, and let's give God the praise. On that side of the wall, standalone 2,500-seat auditorium. Well, pastor, you just seem to get crazier the farther this goes. No, no, I serve a big God. Let's lift our hands one last time and give him the praise. God, we love you. We praise you. A big God deserves big praise, big prayers. All the recognition, all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. If God hasn't moved on your behalf, he will. Just stay patient. Just stay in the book. Stay in the book. Let it be a light under your path and a lamp for your feet. He cannot lie. There's some things God cannot do. And top of the list is lie. He cannot lie. I'm here to encourage somebody. God's going to come through. God's trying to get you to grow up a notch. And you can't get there unless you got the faith to make the journey. Because this is an apostolic church. We heard it on Sunday. There is a dimension of the supernatural coming that the natural man will not be able to handle it. Let's lift our hands one more time, then you're about to be dismissed in Jesus' name. God, keep your hand on these wonderful people. God, open their eyes. Lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. I pull down every stronghold and cast down imaginations, every limitation, every limitation by the authority of the only wise God in the name of Jesus. Okay, shake hands, be friendly. Make sure you invite somebody to Sunday service. It's gonna be tremendous. Brother Boston Young from Sacramento, California will be preaching right here. We're gonna have a big time. God bless you, you're dismissed in Jesus' name.